Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right, so welcome to another another Friday. Man, I get I have like a little over 12 hours to get this episode uh, ready to go to release tomorrow morning there. We we cut it close this week, Amanda. <laughs> it's not like we don't have anything else going on, Jenny. No, we, there's a few things happening this week. There's just we were both at our officers' councils. For those of you in the Salvation Army who are officers, you know what that means. But uh, for those who aren't, it's kind of like a, a pastor's retreat of sorts. We do it twice a year. Get away from uh, our appointments. Get away from our our city or whatever and go for a couple days of of teaching and worship and camaraderie and fellowship and all those things. And so uh, we both we both had them this week, which is not always the case for for different divisions and things like that. And so um, we both finished that and got back to our homes today. But mine was uh, 60 degrees. And Correct. Was <laughs> well, mine, mine was like 25 and a foot of snow. So in fact, some people got snowed in because um, depending on how far away you lived or where in what direction you had to return home to. Uh, some people actually just stayed for an extra night because, uh, yeah, we got, uh, I think it was 13 inches of snow. Actually, Wednesday, so yesterday, um, we were kind of stuck at the at the hotel. <laughs> and so it, it suddenly became, okay, what can you do in in the confines of this hotel? Thankfully, there, you know, it's fun to hang out and, and converse and have fellowship and conversation and play board games and, you know, all of those sorts of things um during kind of our our free time or our off time but at any rate here we are back home i made it home safely um and thank the lord praise god that uh, my drive my my drive was safe and they had actually plowed my street uh, my street in, in our in my community is often one of the last ones done uh because it's a dead end but uh they had they had finished it and it was it was nice to come home to a street that was plowed just going to say. And when I was driving uh, through town, I noticed uh, there was a pile of snow by a stop sign that was taller than the stop sign. If that tells you how much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a little wow. Crazy, a little crazy. But anyway, so last week we talked about kind of this, this next phase, if you will, of the podcast and kind of when, what we want to hit, hit on for the next several weeks of episodes. And, and that's in Luke chapter 15. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff stems from a book uh, that that I read Amanda's reading right now um, called The Cross and the Prodigal by Kenneth Bailey. I'll put it in the show notes uh, like I did last week. But this book changed, revolutionized my thought process on Luke 15. Luke 15, for those of you who don't know, is the is the chapter in scripture, the gospel. Okay, Luke is one of the four gospels in the New Testament. And Luke 15 is all about the lost things. So you have the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and then the parable of the lost son. And so we're going to kind of break each of those down a little bit, just because it's such a vitally important, if you understand, especially the story of the lost son, the prodigal son, then you have a good grasp of the gospel Mm -hmm. and who God is as our heavenly father, who God is as the, the heavenly father who sent his son so that we can live. It's, it's an incredible story, but we're going to start today with the lost sheep but uh uh, what translation of the bible do you have today amanda i have an niv today oh today you have an niv awesome 
Well, I uh, I suppose we should probably read verses one through seven of Luke 15 so we can kind of get um, wrap our heads around what we're talking about. It's always good to start with scripture. So it's vitally important to start with scripture when you're talking about scripture and end with scripture and have scripture in the middle and all that jazz. So um, we're not just talking about something, but we're actually reading it. So you want to read it? I've been doing a lot of talking. Go ahead. I would be delighted. We're just going to be covering. Okay. He's lost you. Which I am always surprised at how few verses it is. Because in my head, for some reason, it's a lot bigger. But it, this is it goes. It goes. Now the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I've found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. Yeah, not a lot there. Um, but I do want to make but a there couple. Is, though. <laughs> what? I mean, there's a not. Oh, it's... absolutely. Not a lot of text, right? Yeah. But a lot there. Super deep yeah. stuff. All of Jesus' parables are so, they don't just hit you on one level. They hit you on multiple levels. Yeah. The more you look into it and the more you study it, the more you can glean from it and just be like, oh my gosh, this Jesus was a genius. Anyway, <laughs> with the context of it as though that Jesus has has been talking to tax collectors and sinners. In fact, he was been eating with them, which in that culture was a huge deal. Like when you sat and ate with somebody, that meant you you accepted their friendship or you accepted their hospitality, that mm-hmm. you you found them to be, you know, of a of a social status like your own or at least, you know, in the same same range. Um you know, the Pharisees would never have eaten with sinners or tax collectors because for the, in their opinion, they were below them. They were oh, these mm-hmm. sinners, these dirty people, these, uh, I can't even come up with good adjectives right now. Um, but they wouldn't have, right? So that's the, ac- that's the accusation against Jesus is you're eating with these sinners and tax collectors. How dare you? Right. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. That's the context of these parables. So it's important as we think about the parables to remember who the audience is. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the folks who have just murmured in their hearts, probably didn't even say it out loud. And Jesus can hear them, right? Can know their thoughts because it's not the first time that he has known thoughts of people around him. And so he tells in this parable, oh, you want to know why I eat with sinners and tax collectors? This is why. Let me mm-hmm. tell you a story. And he goes into this, suppose if you, one of you has a hundred sheep and one goes and loses one of them. Now, firstly, it's interesting in Middle Eastern culture, you did not admit to losing something because that would admit, that would mean you admitted fault that you, that was your fault that something got lost. You would say instead a pass, a passive way of saying it, like the sheep was lost, right? The coin (laughs) was lost. The sun was lost. So that there isn't necessarily a fault or a or a blame involved. But here it says, 
Suppose one of you, Pharisees, has a hundred sheep and loses one. That that's a subtle that's a subtle jibe jab at them. Jibe jibe is not a word. I don't think <laughs> maybe it is now. Um, jab at them like a poke at them. If you lose the sheep, right? Because what do you remember? What a Pharisee is? Yeah, it's he's the they're the learned people, right? They're the ones who studied the stuff. They are part of the the sect that uh, is um, temple first and rules and keeping you know outward outward holiness is mm-hmm. the key to it all. And as, as as long as we can adhere to the law, we adhere to God. I mean, God loves us and will reward us for our piety. Mm-hmm. Well, and. And they put themselves out there as the teachers of the law and the, in a manner of speaking, the mediators of the law Mm -hmm. between God and sinners. Mm -hmm. So this go between this shepherd of the people. So Jesus is accused, like saying, Hey, what do you lost the sheep? What do you do? And he's what he's saying by saying he's gonna. This is okay. So some of this is how I've looked at it based on a lot of stuff that I've read and researched. So take it for what you will. Read it yourself. Look at it yourself. Don't just take anything either one of us says at face mm-hmm. value. Like go read, research, look it up, pray about it, think about it, ponder on it. But this to me is a super bold accusation against the Pharisees. One of your sheep goes away and you don't worry about that sheep. You stick with the 99 because they're safe. The one is an acceptable loss. We talked last week. There are no acceptable losses in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says this. Look, if you have 99 safe ones, you leave them. They're all good. They're safe. They're wherever they're at. They're in a group of group of sheep. They're going to chill out doing what sheep do, which is being dumb and like foraging for grass and whatnot. Anyway, but he's going to go off searching now, when I read this, I always think, and Amanda, we talked about this before we, we hit record, but when I think of shepherds, <laughs> I never think of the desert. Right? I don't <laughs> yeah. think of, of our, Israel, Judea. Our, our European paintings of this also have not helped. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> uh, you know, I think of Ireland, right? Or Scotland, yeah. and it's lush, and it's green, and it's just beautiful and the sheep have lots of grass to munch on and and chomp on right now not not to say that there aren't pasture lands in the holy land in israel there are but they don't look like ireland they don't look like scotland there's a whole lot of desert and rocks and crags and hills and just all sorts i mean a sheep wanders off in that realm it's going to take you a minute to find them Uh right And this shepherd takes it upon himself or herself. In this case, Jesus is referring probably to a man, but there are female shepherds and I'm not going to get into that. um, But uh, takes it upon himself to go find that missing sheep. Takes all the burden and responsibility of finding that sheep on himself and searches high and low and left and right and up and down and everywhere he can find you can look to find this one sheep who's lost. And when he finds it, it says, until he finds it, 
And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. I don't know very many shepherds. Sheep are big. They're, I mean, a full. we think of this as like a baby sheep. Oh, yeah, I, a baby I, sheep. I don't imagine I would joyfully pick up a hundred pound kicking sheep that's been in the dirt and mud and dust and be like, hooray. <laughs> Yay. And who knows how long he walked to find the sheep. He's uh-huh. got to walk that distance back with that large. Okay. I have a, I have a big dog. You have big dogs. Uh-huh. I can't imagine throwing that dog up on my shoulders joyfully <laughs> and trudging back the distance. It was gone from the house mm-hmm. and be joyful about it. Yeah. I have chased my dogs. I did not, when I caught them, I did, was not joyful. I will tell you. I'm not I'm not shocked by that. Uh, <laughs> not at, at all. But yeah, this is not a this is not a dainty picture that some of our um artists have made it appear. Right. <laughs> and then you like call your friends and then you throw a party for the sheep. <laughs> right? He's so ecstatic about the sheep that was found that he throws a party. That's now think about when the lost is found. So he's the the work. And this is this is from Kenneth Bailey's book, but it says when the lost is found, the task of restoration has barely begun. Yeah, he's got to bring it all the way home. And he's not even that. He's got to probably reshear it, tend to its wounds, its poor lost trauma from being in the wilderness. Um, I mean, it's not him throwing it on his shoulders and it's everything is hunky dory. It's he's just got to bring it back to the camp and then, you know, work on healing, which is a beautiful illustration of Jesus and ourselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. It says this uh, in the parable, the shepherd does four things. So this is again from this book, um, the cross and the prodigal by Kenneth Bailey. So that nobody can say I'm like, I'm super smart on my own. I I read things, friends. That's, you know how you get smart? You read things. That helps. But you got to be careful about what you read, though. Anyway, so let's let's go to this. It says, the shepherd does four things. He said, one, he accepts responsibility for the loss. Regardless of the sheep wandering off. Sheep have a mind of their own. Okay, sheep are dumb. Sheep will wander off. But it's the shepherd's responsibility to make sure that the wandering sheep is guided back and so if it wanders off and gets lost, it's because you weren't paying attention as a shepherd. Mm. That is a whole, that's a whole nother podcast day of like pastors in the church or leaders in the oh. church and the flock that has been entrusted to the leaders of the church. And sometimes we are too easily submitted to the loss of some. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we we tackle that on another podcast. Number two, he searches without counting the cost. He goes. He just does. He he is gonna go until he finds that sheep, dead or alive. He's going until he finds that sheep. Doesn't matter how long it takes him. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the cost. He's gonna do it. Number three, he rejoices in the burden of restoration. Hmm. If that is not a picture of Jesus, I don't know what is. He rejoices in the burden 
of restoration. Whew. That reminds me of something I heard just uh, this this uh, at officers' councils here, but um, just the thought that there is no one who is not worth your time when it comes yes. to the gospel. Yes, there's no there's there's no one that's not worth your time. When it comes to this restoration process. Speaking of that, so we actually um, were challenged in our officers' councils to pray for our enemies, and using the word enemy, less of a, a a warfare enemy, right? But praying for those outside the church, praying for those who actually are visit, like like actively fighting against the church Mm. because if those folks would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they're no longer our enemies. They're no longer fighting against the church. Well, I mean, that was like, that was Saul turned Paul, right? Yeah. And, um, the whole thing with, um, sorry, it's been a long drive. The blind guy who goes and finds him. (laughs) Um, oh yes. Well, when he's blinded, Ananias. No, Ananias. Ananias is not. Blind. No, not Ananias. That's I'm sorry. Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, I'm no. also like, what the heck? Some <laughs> dude is praying to God, and God says, "Go find Saul." Why am I? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, not Ananias and Sapphira. Good, but it might be. It might be a different Ananias. No, but- it's not. Give me. Sorry, folks. See, even even we, our humble podcast bringers, have long days where we. This is this is why okay. I'm telling you, you gotta <laughs> like it. Just happens sometimes. Um, keep talking. First. Anyway, so um, he's he's praying to God and God says, "Go find Saul." And he's like, "The same Saul who's throwing everybody in prison and killing people, like that." guy and he's like haven't you been praying for that to stop well yeah all right well (laughs) go and get him and and he had to build that restoration with him until his until the scales could fall off of his eyes i only just imagine what those those that that time was like here's a guy holy cow okay look at you i don't think it's the same anyway yeah there's it's the other one, not not Ananias and Spira. Although I, don't, I hope not. Oh, maybe that'll be a research. It's a it's different. Not. That's a different Ananias. That's it's, a different guy. Just like Bob. There's lots of Bobs. <laughs> Bob in the. Bible. I'm sorry, I completely interrupted you. I'm just so excited. No, that's okay. Thank you, Ananias. <laughs> Ananias, he's he's praying to God. He God says, "Go find him," and and he had to trust that restoration process. This guy was his enemy. Yeah. Totally against everything of of the way that's as they call themselves then and um that took a lot of faith and it was probably really ugly for a little bit yeah i can't imagine like (laughs) saying hey jen i need you to go to someone that you know has been actively killing christians and lay hands on that person and anyway (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah totally leaving all that in i'm definitely not editing any of that out um friends this is how this is how this works all right we are we are nothing if not real um <laughs> we're both it's been a long week it's it, it, we we tried to record this 
uh, at another time and it just didn't work because we just have busy schedules but um we're both tired it's been a uh, it's been a for me a, a spiritually exhausting week yeah in a good way like in an absolutely phenomenal mind-blowing spirit-filling way but there's there's something that when you're when you're filled up with the holy spirit and have have kind of this outpouring and this rest this time of refreshing this time away that is simultaneously life-giving and amazing mm-hmm. and also exhausting yeah I, and in a moment of transparency this this very morning um i was was at the altar and i just was praying that god would give me the love for the people he's put in my life like this like god has given the shepherd for that sheep yeah. and that he found the burden joyful yeah i'll tell you i don't always find the burden joyful I get really tired and then I get really cranky and yeah. then I get really mouthy and, uh, and um, bad things can happen with when I'm not in checked with that. But I really, I I'm true. Honestly, I, 10 o'clock this morning, I was bawling my eyes out of the altar with my husband to say, I want to have joy in the burden and i know it's not a thing of circumstance it's a thing of my of my posture towards it yeah and um yeah and that's what god is saying for these for these pharisees your your life if you're putting all of the stock in your piety and doing everything right so people can look at you that you're doing everything right but in the end it's hollow yeah and the pharisee i mean and nicodemus shows that i mean he he was searching for something more because of the futility of it all yeah. And he and said there has to be more more <laughs> yeah than just doing the stuff. Right. And and it's this joy of of when someone who is outside God and right, why does a sheep even leave the pen? Something looks shiny, something maybe they don't like the other sheep and they're getting all annoyed with the other sheep. Maybe they don't like the shepherd telling them where to go eat and where to drink and they're like I can go do it on my own, you know? Yeah. Um, and they wander off. And, and if you know anything about sheep, um, they can't shear themselves. So their coat continues to grow and grow and they get tangled in it and it gets snares and burrs. And eventually they can't walk if they're left up there long enough and they'll starve to death. Yep. Um, is what will happen to a sheep if not found. Um, because they didn't, they, they, they forgot the, the safety of their pen. That they, That's why they wander away. I had a point to this. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Not only that, so the 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 burdens of the of the wool, right? Yeah, yeah. Or they could get attacked and killed by a wild in, wild mm-hmm. animal. Mm-hmm. Um, when sheep leave the pen, they're they're in dangerous waters. Yeah. When you leave. Like when you, your word posture there, when you, when you talked about this joy in the burden mm-hmm. is not circumstance, it's having the right posture in, in our relationship with God. Mm. That word has come up a lot this year for me. Like, is your posture to the King of Kings? <laughs> Correct. Mm. Like, do you understand who you serve? And again, we don't serve to get reward right? We serve in response of what we've already been given. Mm. And so that sheep, when it leaves it, yeah, like it might be mad. It might be bored. It might be hungry. It it might be distracted by something shiny. 
it might who knows what but not only could it get killed by a wild, wild animal but like you said if it will die on its own because it needs to be cared for in such a way that only the shepherd can do and that's our heart that's that's how our souls are too yeah. our souls will die unless they're cared for by the shepherd mm. aka jesus <laughs> and i'm sure when this little sheep when it finally saw it shepherd i'm sure it was scared and maybe fought him a little bit you know yep i don't know how much cognitive awareness sheep have but it could have felt shame you know or whatever or tried well, to hide did, more they, there's a fantastic experiment that they did not necessarily experiment but there's a youtube video of of a whole bunch of shepherds and a whole bunch of sheep and they're all mixed in and you as the shepherd call your sheep and they know your voice like jesus mm -hmm. talks about this in john like the sheep know my voice my shep my sheep know the shepherd's voice and it's true sheep mm -hmm. will come only to the voice of their shepherd. Like mm. in, if they're intermingled with sheep from other shepherds, like it's been proven and it's fascinating yeah. to watch on YouTube videos of these sheep who hear their shepherd's voice and come running. So likely the sheep was overjoyed himself or herself to be found, right? So uh, again, back to Bailey's book, he says this, the shepherd pays the price to search for, find and restore the lost sheep. So the shepherd pays the cost, but terrified and alone, the sheep, is overjoyed to be found. And in the process, he becomes a symbol for repentance. Repentance is not repentance. Now I want to hear, I want you guys to hear this repentance, according to Bailey. And I, I think he's onto something here. Repentance is not a work which earns our rescue. Hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. Repentance is not a work which earns our rescue. Jesus is defining repentance as the acceptance of being found. Mm -hmm. So repentance is not a work which earns our rescue. Rather, the sinner accepts being found. Mm. God doesn't save us because of our repentance. We repent when we realize that he has found us. Hmm. When we accept it, when we accept being found. Yeah, because we, we can, we can choose to not be found. Correct. And that's what, what that rejection is of Correct. God saying, no, thanks. I'm to find here in the wilderness. Right. And that's when we get to the parable of the lost sons. The older son does not accept being found because he does not think he is lost. Hmm. And then the fourth thing, because there were four things. I didn't say four things about the shepherd. It says he rejoices with the community at the success of the restoration. And then he, it says, right? Uh, let me get back to that. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. We should be better at rejoicing when sinners repent. We should be better at rejoicing as a community when someone comes back to the fold. Yeah. When Jesus finds them, maybe again, right? Maybe this is a, a sheep that wanders off a lot, right? <laughs> um, and we, I think there are times when, when there are people who have seasons of that, seasons of, of wandering, and then they, you know, they're found again and they, 
sincerely with sincerity come yes lord thank you for finding me again and then you know months go by things come up they get distracted again or they get caught up again in something and the 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 fact is that i god will find us again but we have to know that we're lost and we have to not only know it but accept the fact that we're lost and we cannot be found like we cannot find ourselves like that. The world will tell us, Oh, just find yourself. <laughs> right. No, we can't yeah. find ourselves because we don't know we're lost and Jesus can find us. And by him finding us, he can restore us into the community of faith. He can restore us into right relationship with him. Hmm. Gosh, there's so much good stuff in here and it, it just goes deeper. You've said this before we started recording, but, um, Jesus as our shepherd, he is the one when he finds us who picks us up in our burden yeah. and carries us home. Yeah. The burden is his, the yeah. joyful burden, and we can rest rest in it. Yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> because like sheep we all have gone astray, right? Yeah. Isaiah 53. Yeah, like sheep we've all wandered away. Yeah. This is all of us. But God can this continues to leave the 99 to look for the one. And he hasn't stopped doing that. Correct. You know, as long as there is breath in your lungs, God is calling that voice, like, come on. Yeah. Prevenient grace. Yeah. yeah. And we're gonna when you get to the again, the prodigal son story, man, the mm-hmm. father comes out to that older son. And he just doesn't know that he's lost. He doesn't hear. He doesn't hear in his dad's voice the love that his dad has for him. The fact that he does want to carry his burdens, the fact that he does want to restore him, the fact that he does want reconciliation, and that he wants it because he loves him so much. Think about the shepherd finding the sheep. That shepherd had to care a lot about that sheep because let's be honest, sheep there he had a hundred of them right he could have left the one i guess an acceptable loss that's i got 99 other ones like that's one percent you know but he doesn't because every single person matters in the kingdom of heaven and every single person is worth the joyful burden of restoration to jesus even the people that we might think aren't worth it. Jesus died for them too. Now they might not accept that, right? But he still died for them. Yeah. We just had a, so a soldier, uh, the very first, no, a soldier in Salvation Army is a, is a member. Um, member of the church, member of co- congregation. It's the first uh, one we ever made. So first person in our congregation that we discipled and made a member of our church but this guy was needy (laughs) just was a needy guy and he would call all day all night all uh, just on little things like he just was a needy (laughs) um and but he like it'd be little things like i had a bad dream and i just can you just come over and check my closets kind of stuff (laughs) kind of stuff he was a simple man um or uh 
talk about you know he's in his 60s and he's disabled and talk about his dreams of becoming a police officer and yeah. what's going to happen you know that kind of stuff but um uh he was just so desperate for friendship and and my husband really took that on and it was it was i'm not it was tiring i mean it was it had joy but it was a lot of work to um to be with this guy yeah. <laughs> and uh but it, he, we actually just had his funeral, but his family said, we're so glad in his last, in his last days that he knew that somebody loved him. Yeah. He knew that Jesus loved him and that we prayed that God would send somebody to be his friend. Yeah. And, and I'm not like, maybe I sound a bit, I mean, I'm not gonna say it wasn't a burden. It took a lot of time Yeah. and a lot of effort and a lot of meals at mcdonald's but but if it <laughs> but if it meant if it meant that this guy knew that someone loved him yeah. enough to take the time to leave the 99 and go and be with him that yeah. that mattered to the kingdom of heaven amen amen you know and um i don't have any credit on that that was my husband really but you know yeah. i just think about that 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 guy um a seemingly nobody from Kirksville, Missouri mattered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and not yeah. for what he could give, but just by who he was. Yep. And if only we had eyes to see everybody that way, I think. Yeah. My husband's much more natural at it than me, but but I'm trying. The, the Holy Spirit is is giving me grace. Yeah. Well, and, and that is one of the beauties of the the church at large is that we have our giftings. And I'm not saying that, not saying it gives you a free pass if you say, oh, I don't have the gift of mercy. I don't have, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there are definitely people that God has specifically gifted and called to certain ministries more more readily or more easily than others. And yeah. That's an incredible, an incredible testimony of God using you, working through you and your husband in such a profound way. That's awesome, man. I think, I think that's, uh, that's, that's enough for today. We could, we could keep going, but it's about that time. So, um, and I know we both have things to do tonight, so <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, uh, tuck it in and <laughs> get back on in another day, maybe this weekend and get a little bit farther ahead again, but, uh, thank, Hey guys, we appreciate you guys listening. And I've heard some, uh, some comments, uh, this week from some folks. So thank you for that. I'm not mm -hmm. going to give any shout outs, but, uh, it is appreciated that, uh, you guys listen and, and have some thoughts for us and some things to say. Um, if you ever want to reach out and actually message us those things, that's cool too, or have any questions or things that you'd like us to talk about or tackle, um, we're definitely open for suggestions um, and okay. comments and all that. So um, pray for the opportunities to see, you know, where you can have joyful burdens, I guess. Maybe leave that as a challenge, huh? Got any final thoughts, Amanda? Um, no. Fair, fair. <laughs> this God, days. This God is good and faithful and he's, Amen. yep, that's it. Yeah, God is so good. All right, friends. Well, 
as I leave us every single time, and there's a there's a point and a purpose to to the phrase that I close with, because I think sometimes we forget why we are blessed. But hey, we're blessed. God blesses us. Why? So that we can be blessings to others. We'll catch you guys next time.